Welcome to Divorce Diary Show podcast. My name is Michelle Trena, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. All things Divorce Diary Show, actually. I am excited to have a little one-on-one. -on -one. I know I have a couple episodes coming up with part two with Vic Sedino. Oh, I said it wrong again. Vic Sedino. Uh, I can't. I love Vic and I can never say his last name right. Anyway, I apologize, Vic, if you're listening. And also with uh, Quentin Heggs is coming up as well as fellow comedian and fellow divorcee. Um, but tonight, I just kind of want to, whenever you're listening to this, I'm recording at night, but I wanted to share a little bit of, uh, I just had a little bit of an emotional breakdown last night. I was visiting my friend in Houston. She's pregnant, celebrating her, her baby shower. And after the baby shower, I decided not to go to the comedy club that everyone was going to go see another comic. And I, you know, I decided not to go because I wasn't feeling great. I was feeling, um, in, not from the shower. I, I had a great time seeing my friends. My, there's a whole COVID craziness behind it, but I'm going to, it's a, it's personal. So I'm not going to share it on the podcast. Um, because it, you know, anyway, that's not my story to share. And I decided I wanted to stay in the hotel instead of going to a comedy club, which is my business. It, because I, yeah, I was, it's not that I didn't want to see the comic. I just, I've been feeling, um, lost still from, from this whole thing that happened this year with this guy. And I don't know if it's just about the guy or if it's just about turning 40 and, you know, struggling with a few things emotionally. Like, you know, I, I'm switching back my career to where I started in, in my early twenties, my teens actually, <laughs> And I want not just to act full time, but I want to create a television series and the acting full time will happen. Uh, it's happening now. It's just not completely full time. You know, I, it's, it takes a while for you to really build that amount of rosters and casting directors up again, but I have enough jobs with my theater company and with cast getting cast and other things that I could legitimately make a living full time with it. But the goal is to have my show on a network is to be a 30 minute episodic comedy on a network, you know, and you know, if, it, if it's divorce diaries or one of the other shows and I'm developing and working on, on my own. Great. I mean, that would be my dream, um, that I want to make reality. I don't know if it's just that, that, that is a, it's just, it's a marathon. I feel like I'm hitting walls at times. I'm hitting walls a lot. And then, um, you know, this last guy I was with was in the industry and also made me feel hope that our friendship was going to develop into either a really good working relationship or something really, really beautiful past a friendship. Now, obviously, as my therapist has gently said to me, I tend to make stories up in my head. Um, this one just hurts more so than I thought the last was not going to hurt. As I, I thought the last guy that hurt me or that I felt hurt from was going to be the worst. This feels worse for some reason. And I wasn't even with this guy. I, I met him and we spent four days together, but our friendship was like over, I guess, four to six months, something like that. And it probably, probably really four months because when I got back from Los Angeles, as you guys have heard this story many times before, it just went downhill. And I wanted so badly to like start fresh and I was hoping he would agree to that. We didn't. And I've been stuck on that too. And like I messaged him like an idiot this weekend. 
I said, um, what did I say? I said something about, you know, do you think your mind will change about talking? And then he didn't answer. He didn't answer. I don't, I don't know why this guy doesn't want to answer me. I know that people can give me their reasons. I just don't physically understand why he wanted to, like what went from wanting, I was the one hurt, feeling bad to Michelle is on the, I'm not speaking to her list. I, I don't know. And I'm going to draw a parallel here to what happened to me last night at the bar after the shower, I went to go grab a drink and some food and, and kind of sit at my computer at the bar and work in my happy place. And I was all set up and there was two chairs on the opposite sides of me that were empty. And I figured because of COVID, I would definitely keep those open. And I'm sure other people would want to mind you, I'm in Texas. And I know that from what I've heard and from, especially from my friend who lives there, it's not, it's, they're pretty lenient. They really, they're pretty much now everywhere. is like, you can sit wherever you want to sit, but a woman came up to me and said, is anybody sitting here? I said, actually, I prefer no one to sit there because of COVID. Um, and she goes, well, I'm pregnant and I can't fit at one of those stools. There was like other stools uh, around the other side of the bar that she could have sat at, but she said she couldn't fit there. And I stopped listening after she said, I'm pregnant because I didn't notice that she was pregnant. Um, and then I quickly got up. I said, oh, well, then you can just have my seat because I don't want to be on top of you if you're pregnant. And I was spilling, I, my, I literally just got my soup and my wine. And like, it wasn't a lot of room there either. So I don't even know why this woman wanted to sit at the bar being pregnant while people are on top of her. It just didn't make sense, especially with COVID. And she wasn't wearing a mask. Oh yeah, that's right. She wasn't wearing a mask either. I don't know, whatever. So she's on top. I, I take my stuff. I'm spilling it everywhere. I, I didn't know where I was going. The, the bartender like helped me make a makeshift table and I felt like such a loser. Like, why am I getting up? Like, I just felt like somebody who, you know, I felt less than. And that's what the issue with this other guy has been. I'll call him the producer. It's been the fact that I feel less than because of everything that happened. And I'm not putting any blame on anybody, probably more so myself for, I guess, I don't know. I, I just wish he would answer me. I wish he could just call me and have a conversation with me. And I guess the addition to that and like the fact that I was just kind of being pushed to the side and, and that's kind of how I've been feeling internally about everything with work. Not so much like my live comedy show. There's There's a ton of great stories behind like how I'm hustling with that. And it's, it's so just more so of how I'm feeling internally about relationships that, you know, I I've cried over that the other person's not crying over that the, the fact that I'm 40, am I really going to find somebody now? And I know that 40 is not old, but you know, to some people it as a man, they think it is, or they think, I don't know what they think, but, um, and, and also the fact that I'm really new to, I'm new at creating television scripts and television series. I'm, I'm completely starting from scratch. 
with it. I mean, yeah, I have an acting background and I have this background and this idea and this concept, but I'm not hitting the ground running with like 5,000 contacts that if I started at 21, I would have had, you know, granted at 21, I was acting, but I wasn't creating television series. You know, if I would have, so it's woulda, coulda, shoulda, but I, I shouldn't say that because I would have been on a different path and who knows, I would have been maybe trying to have a baby now at 40, as opposed to when I did it at 29 and, and I've been having a rough time. So it just, I guess I'm supposed to be learning something from the universe and that's to let go. And that is to accept things that I can't control. Um, but I was like, tears were streaming down my face last night, like uncontrollably when this happened. And I think it's because it was just the feeling of being pushed aside and me being made to feel like no one gives a fuck. That's how the whole situation, I mean, there were the, the, the bartender and the manager both actually said something to me and apologized and the bartender paid for my soup and wine. He's like, your meal's on me. I said, I appreciate that. But I didn't want them to draw attention to me. I felt like such an idiot because everyone was there with couples. And I, I don't mind sitting by myself, but I wanted to sit at the bar for that reason. Not, I, And there wasn't any tables in the bar to sit at. They had to make me one. Like, it was so awkward. Um, so my point is that it was making me feel less than that the whole fact that this guy doesn't want to talk to me, refuses to even answer my text message about, you know, will your mind change in the future? You know, it hurts. It just hurts and it sucks. And I really wish I would understand. I mean, part of me just wants to figure it out. So I just want to start over. I don't want to have a bad blood with this guy. I, I wish he, I wish he thought about me. I don't even think he thinks about me now it's hurts. It definitely hurts. Um, and so why would I want to think about him? I don't know. I guess it's an obsession of like, you went, this guy went from like really being into me to flat out turning. I I've said this before on the podcast. Is it my material? Was it something I did with the social media? I don't know if it, if it was, and he's, you know, if he was always any, any, any point, my real friend, he would have called me, not done this, but I, that's my opinion. You know, he has a podcast too. And I listened to it. I haven't, I haven't listened to it in months. I haven't listened to it since he, I, he unfollowed my show and I went to the podcast. I hadn't listened to anything. And I was listening to the episode he, he did about, uh, long story. I'm mentioned in it, not as my name, but the experience, I guess. And, and I'm quite frankly, he said some nice things about me at the end of this episode. And I took that like so wonderfully, but I wish he would have sent it to me. I never knew he had done that. And I feel like it was too late by the time I said something about it. It was two months after he had recorded and posted it. And I was like, well, if I would have known you said that about me, I would never have like reacted the way I did. But I don't know. I, I just feel like as much as this person puts out there that they want to help people, I want to help people too. Um, I just, I don't know how you help people by treating somebody who cared for you this way. That's I kind of, I guess the thing that's stuck on now, I, I think he could probably turn it around the same way on me. Cause I create material based off characters in my life that are like making fun, not I would say making fun, poking humor at situations. I don't know if that's what it is. That's what it is. I guess that's probably the reason why he doesn't want to talk to me. 
I don't know. I'm only creating stories in my head, like my therapist said, because I can't talk to him. And I continued to listen to some of his other episodes and I was starting to get aggravated because I was listening to him talk about, you know, communicating and life's too sure and how he wants to help people and healing. And it's like some of the things he was saying were hypocritical to how he treated me towards the aftermath of whatever the friendship was, you know, it was like, well, you're not practicing what you preach, buddy, but okay. Yeah, I am definitely bitter. Um, I'm talking about this tonight cause I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck in July and I did an episode about that months ago. It's just stuck in July. Let's see if I did some jokes about it. Maybe I get to share them with you. I remember this one story that he shared with me about being in Sundance or at Sundance. I think it was Sundance and Robert Redford was there. And I used to love Robert Redford because my dad, I grew up watching The Natural. Anyway, he said Robert Redford and him, he was flirting with some younger chick. And all of a sudden, Robert Redford came over and like cock blocked him. So I felt like I was listening to the story thinking, hold on a second. Now, I, th- I, w- I was attracted to this guy because of his personality and the emotional connection we had. But he ain't no Robert Redford. I don't care how old Robert Redford is. Like, he does not look like that. And you're trying to say you're competing with Robert Redford? Try Ren and Stimpy. Okay, he looks like Gollum if Gollum ate too many Big Macs. That's who you should be competing with. How are you going to tell me <laughs> that you were competing with Robert Redford for a woman? That was one of the new jokes that I created. Yeah, that's fucked up, right? I mean, he's not going to listen to this. And if he does, he's still going to hate me. So he wishes me well, though. Wishes me well. I wish he would retract the wishing me well and just tell me why he can't stand me after... Oh, we're going to be lifelong friends. I'm 40, single and divorced. And the last man I slept with in July, I'd rather talk to a rabid raccoon than me. And every time I bring my daughter to school, one of the school moms asks me if I need help. Because they know it's hard. Aspirational living. Do it. <laughs> bravo, hire me. I'm Bravo Network. I, mean, I had a producer say to me last year, oh, you'll never be on Bravo because that's aspirational television. Yeah. My show is about aspiring to be anywhere, but I don't know. I guess my, my show is not about being anywhere, but there it's about being in the process and accepting it and loving it and continuing to plunge forward. Okay. Oh, the last man I was with was one of those. I'm a giver types. My ex cheated on me, but I'm not mad. She stopped wasting my time so I could find the real one. I took the higher road. I'm Italian. The only road that we take is right below your kneecaps. (laughs) He is the same guy that will state himself selfless in the bedroom. But then when you're intimate with them, they're like, are you finished? And you're like, not yet. And they're like, well, I can't wait. That was the other thing that bothered me. I was listening to one of his episodes about sex and love and how like he, he wants to always, he always wanted to please his partner. But then this time that he was with the last one he was with was, um, he, he, he asked for something and, and basically got it, meaning me, like I, I, he was verbal about it. First of all, so I'm the one you chose to not be selfless with. I'm always selfless with men. That's the irony of this. Is this man really knew how many men were selfish with me? It's like, and you just went and did that to me too? Jerk off. So he, 
make sure that she finished. Well, you did not make sure that I finished. That's for sure. I mean, not all the time. <laughs> yep, I get it. It's time to wrap this up physically and literally. Stay tuned for more Divorce Diary Show podcast. Thanks for listening to uh, this uh, little Divorce Diaries piece of my brain tonight. Keep living your happily divorced after.